0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Sturk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk.
1: Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today's topic is the Bulls and the Bears. And today I have with me Kelsey Banke, who is a certified financial planner with us at Stirk Financial. Welcome, Kelsey. Thank you, Mary. So we thought it would be kind of interesting to do a show about the history of bull markets and bear markets and talk a little bit about what has happened in the past and where are we now and then connect in for people kind of what the normal emotional cycle is that is connected to these different bull and bear markets. So that's what we're going to uh, be talking about today. So we did pull some information about the history of the U.S. bull and bear market since 1926. And this is from a company called First Trust. They put together this information. And Kelsey and I kind of looked at this and thought it was pretty fascinating because it does tell us a lot of information about bull and bear markets how long they last, and kind of what the history has been since from 1926 through June of 2017. So that's a pretty long period of time, I would say. Encompasses quite a few things in the history of the United States.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you're you're covering decades and decades of of changes, not only in in the market but in commerce. And I mean, thinking back to that, we automobiles weren't necessarily even right. very a big thing. So computers
1: weren't around, technology right. <laughs> is advanced, we've had wars, we've had life changing, you know, political changes and upheaval and countries changing lines and names and all kinds of crazy mm-hmm. stuff. Life in this expectancy changes.
0: So it's it's interesting to look at it on this perspective because even though the world has changed so much in that amount of time, the market still reacts very similarly in different situations. So, right. Now, I do want to just make sure I go on record
1: as saying that although things have happened in the past in ways that create patterns, there's no guarantee that those patterns are going to continue in the future. But we can look to history to understand what has happened in the past and kind of get an idea of if it does repeat itself what we would be looking at with that. So, here's one of the things that I think is really interesting. And and first of all, let me define something. A bull market is what everybody loves because that's when the stock market is going up and people are making money. A bear market is what people don't tend to love because markets are going down. And if you're in stock-related portfolios, typically you're losing money.
0: Okay. Can I share how I remember which one's which? Sure. <laughs> Somebody told me this a long time ago, um, but a bull Will attack and drive its horns up and try to lift something up, whereas a bear will swipe down. So that's a good uh, way to keep <laughs> it straight. Which fun? one? Yeah. <laughs> a bull is trying to drive it up and a bear is trying to swipe you down. So uh, for those of you that don't live in our world and know all of our lingo all the time, that's a good way to keep track of which is which.
1: <laughs> that's kind of funny. I never really thought about it that way. I always think of a bull as charging ahead. And so that's how I guess I thought, you know, that was named after. And then the bear. I always would
0: be afraid of being attacked by a bear. That makes me feel nervous. And so I think that's associated with the down market. There you go, that works too.
1: I suppose we all have our things for explaining why they're named that right? way. All right. So a bull market technically though is defined as from the lowest close reached after the market has fallen twenty percent or more to the next market high. And what basically what that means is from the low of the bear market into the highest high of the bull market, that's what the bull run is. Now you can't know if you're going to be at the end of the bull until you're already into a bear <laughs> because it's always a look back. So the bear market is defined as when the index closes at least 20% down from its previous high close, And so you have to basically see at least a 20% drop in the market for there to be a bear market actually starting. So anything less than 20% is more like a correction, but if it rises back again before getting all the way down to 20%, it's still considered just part of the bull market run, okay? So you really have to see a full drop of 20%, close down that 20%, and then a lot of times will even go lower for a while before it starts to come back up. And that's kind of how we measure the bulls and the bears. So Kelsey, share with us how on the averages, how long has the average bull market lasted and how long has the average bear market lasted?
0: Sure, Mary. Uh, The average bull market is about nine years, so just shy of a decade of forward progress Um, the bear markets uh, much shorter period of time 1.4 years is the average bear market so again averages are are going to have some that are shorter some that are longer in both of those cases but when you average out everything that's happened since uh, the early 1900s 1926 then that's what the averages look like now the average bull market had a cumulative total return of 470 <laughs> percent.
1: That's a big number. It's <laughs> a big number.
0: That's a big number. Thinking that um, from the lowest of the the bear market before the bull market took off, thinking that you could have your money quadruple plus over that amount of time. That's just crazy to think about. So, uh, anyway, the average cumulative cumulative loss of the bear markets is negative 41 percent. It's a much smaller number, but still feels severe when it's happening.
1: Yeah. So I want you listeners to think about that. The average downside of all of the bear markets in history has been a loss of 41%, but the average upside of the bear market or the bull markets has been up 470%. And the one thing that I can tell you has happened every single time in history is that a bull market has always followed a bear market. And so one of the biggest mistakes that happens is during the time periods where we're in a bear market, when they're the shorter periods of time and we have less volatility in terms of overall movement, that is where people make the biggest investing mistakes because they're scared. It Mm -hmm. absolutely all comes down to emotion. So I want to talk about some of the bear markets in history and what happened during them. So let's start with the Great Depression, okay? So back in 1929, we had a Great Depression. I think a lot of us know that. And the bear market during that time lasted 2.8 years. That's how long the Great Depression bear market lasted. And during that time... We saw people lose, actually that was the deepest dive in the market, and we saw people lose 83.4% of their portfolios, okay? Now, following that 2.8 years, if you didn't pull your money out, if you just stayed invested, what followed after that Great Depression was a bull market that lasted for 13.9 years and had a total return of 815%. So annualized, that's a 17.2% return over that 13.9 year period. Huge gains following what were big losses, okay? So it's just kind of interesting to see what has happened after some of these bear markets. Another big bear market that we had that some of you will remember is in the 1970s when we had the oil embargo happen. And we saw a bear market then last for 1.8 years, and we saw portfolios dive around 42%. So if you remember that, you probably remember how you felt during that 1.8 years. (laughs) Then we also had In the tech bubble bursting, we had the tech bubble burst around 2000, 2001, and we had 9-11 happen in that time period. And we saw a bear market then that lasted 2.1 years. And then recently we had the financial crisis. We had the Great Recession in 2008 and 2009, and that bear market lasted 1.3 years. If you're picking up on anything here, what I hope you're picking up on is how short those time periods actually are. You know, the recession that is very, very scarring for many of our listeners only really lasted 1.3 years from start to finish. Now, you might have seen your portfolio dive and lose about half of its value, but Kelsey, share with us what's happened since then. Since then, and uh, let's see, 8.3. So this is through this is through june of 2017 june is this 2017 chart.
0: okay mm-hmm. so since through june 2017 since the the bottom of the great recession we've had 8.3 years of a bull market and the market has had 293.5% positive return over that time frame which is an annualized rate of 17.9%
1: Now, some people are going to think about that and be saying, well, I didn't get 17.9% rate of return. That is coming from the bottom. So if you go all the way back to the bottom of the bottom (laughs) of the recession, then not only have most people recovered what they lost, but they've also made significant gains since, and especially in the last year. We've had massive movement in the last year.
0: Absolutely. And also keeping in mind, that's if you didn't change your strategy Mm -hmm. at the bottom of that as well. so
1: Right. And these numbers
0: that we're talking
1: about all reflect the S&P 500 index total return. That's what we're looking at when we're talking about these numbers. So the bulls and the bears tells us an important story. And when you think about a bull market lasting for an average of nine years and a bear market lasting for an average of 1.4 years, what's fascinating about that is that we get complacent by the end of a bull market, thinking we're always going to make money, and we get panicked by the middle of a bear market, thinking it's never going to turn around. And that's when we start to see investment mistakes begin to happen. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary and Today we're talking about the bulls and the bears. And we spent the first part of the show talking about the history of bull and bear markets and that bull markets typically have lasted an average of nine years and bear markets have lasted an average of 1.4 years. Um, But we alluded to the fact that many people make the biggest investment mistakes during those short-lived bear markets. And I wanted to talk a little bit about why that happens So, Kelsey, you've been in the financial industry for more than 10 years, and you talked to people during the Great Recession. What would you say were some of the most common things that people
0: were saying when the recession was happening? Everybody was very nervous. They were scared they were going to lose everything that they had, and a lot of people made the decision um, at the company that I was at when this was all happening, which was not stark Financial, uh, made the decision to change things, to, to pull their money out or to uh, close things out or sell things. And it was very panic stricken. Yes, very
1: fear based. And that is the worst emotional mistake that you can make, because if you would have just held on, and let things ride through that; it would have come back, and we can see that now. But I absolutely understand that it doesn't feel like it when you're in the middle of it.
0: <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, even I just, you know, one point three years. Even looking at that statistic for me was surprising because it felt like it was so much longer <laughs> yes. than one point three years. But that's that's just a uh, you know four quarters or approximately.
1: So there was a great chart put together. Um, by a company called BlackRock that's called Investing and Emotions. And it talks about emotions connected to the ups and downs of the market. And the reason I think this is important is because emotion tends to drive many people's investment decisions. And I want to go through this emotional cycle, but I want to start out by saying that pretty much when it comes to investing, whatever your emotions are telling you to do, you probably should kind of think about doing the absolute opposite. (laughs) (laughs) of that. Because when the market is diving down, that's when your emotions are going to tell you to sell which means you're selling at a low price, and that's not prudent money management. And when the markets are high and everybody's making money, your emotions are telling you, oh, I can't lose. I can't possibly not make money. I'm going to throw money and money and money into the market at a high. And that probably isn't a good thing because you're buying at a high. So your, your emotions tell you to do the opposite of one of the most basic investment strategies, which is buy low and sell high. So let's look at the emotional cycle that happens from the bottom of a market up to the top of a market. So at the bottom of a market, when it starts to go back up again, when we start to see some light at the end of the bear tunnel, people start to feel cautiously hopeful. They're like, well, maybe this is done. Maybe it's going to start turning around. Maybe I'm going to stop losing money and start making money. So cautiously hopeful is kind of what I think people are at the start of that. Then we move into being encouraged and starting to feel kind of positive about the market. As it keeps rising at the start of a bull market, we're like, oh, maybe things really are turning around. Maybe this is going to stick. Maybe it's not a trick anymore. Maybe I'm starting to make back some of the money I lost. Eventually, we get to a point where the market has risen high enough that we feel confident. Okay, yep, I'm back, baby. I'm making money again. I made back my losses. Things are moving in the right direction. I'm pretty confident about this market. Things are looking good. When it keeps going up, we eventually start to feel thrilled. Like, oh yeah, look at these returns. I have been making lots of money. I can't lose. I've been making money for five, six years now. This is a great thing. I'm thrilled with how this is going. And then at the peak of a bull market we have an emotion that is euphoria. And euphoria is where we make some of the worst investment decisions. (laughs) Euphoria is the emotion that people feel at the peak of, oh my gosh, this can't go wrong. I can make money in anything I invest in. A monkey could pick stocks and make money. And this, is, this gravy train is one I'm rolling on. And people start piling money into things, not making smart investment decisions, not thinking about whether or not things are valued well. They're just chasing the money train that, ha- it's been, that the train has been on these tracks for a while in the bull market. So euphoria is the emotion at the top of the money cycle. Now, following a bull market comes a bear market. And when the market starts to correct and starts to have its downward into the bear spiral, the first thing that we think is surprise. (laughs) We're actually just very surprised that this is happening. What? It's going down? I thought it was going up. I thought the economy was great. How can it be going down? I'm a little surprised. Then it goes down a little further and we start to get nervous. And when nervousness sets in, that's when the beginning of bad decision making in a bear market starts. It goes down a little bit more, and now we're downright worried. So we go from surprised to nervous to now we're worried. And when we get worried enough, we start thinking it's a good idea to pull money out of the market before we lose more. And when we get down to towards the bottom of the bear markets, a lot of people are downright panic-stricken. They are afraid that it's never going to come back. They are afraid that they will Run out of money, they'll lose it all, they'll never be able to make this back, and by God, they better just take the money out of the market before they lose it all, before it's gone. And that is a
0: panic-stricken maneuver.
1: So if you think about the extremes here, going from euphoria to panic, (laughs) these are pretty wide emotional swings.
0: Especially when you think about the duration of the bear markets and that they're only a couple years. You're going from those two feelings in a couple of years. Right. Right. It's a big pendulum
1: swing for emotions. And if you think about it, the media certainly doesn't help this, right? The media is always like, oh, the market soared today. Or, oh, the market plummeted today. In fact, Kelsey came into my office the other day and was grumpy about the media because what did they say?
0: Well, I just – I get frustrated because they said – The headline was market has worst day in the third quarter or something like that, and I laughed because the losses we had in that one day just wiped out the gain we had the day before. That's it. (laughs) So we were no no worse off at the end of Tuesday than we were coming into Monday morning. Right, but yet it was the biggest deal ever in the news. (laughs) So you know if you're not looking at the data behind it it can start you can start to swing your emotions with that and that would start to make me sick like i was on a roller coaster so
1: yeah like if you stepped into an elevator and instead of the buttons being numbered floors if your choices on the elevator were either sore or plummet i don't think most people are going to ride that elevator for very long <laughs> but no. that's kind of that what the emotions are that the media propels out there. And a lot of them are just clickbait for, you, for them wanting you to click into their articles and read what they're saying. So they use inflammatory language that's designed specifically to create an emotional response in investors. And the most common emotional response is nervousness, worry, and panic strickenness, afraid that you're going to lose the money that you have. So your emotions absolutely follow the bear and the bull market trends. Now, how do you counteract that? and what should you be now? What should you be doing now in order to protect yourself since we are rising in and have been in a bull market now for eight and a half years? The thing that you definitely want to be doing now is doing some new questions for yourself by taking a new risk tolerance quiz. So if your risk tolerance may have changed over the last eight and a half years, this is a really good time to update that. You're eight and a half years closer to retirement, maybe, or you're eight and a half years into a job or you're eight and a half years into your retirement. Your risk level might have changed in the last eight and a half years. So it's really important to go back and make sure your current investment portfolio is aligned with how you feel about risk now. Now you can go right out to sterkfinancialservices.com and get our strategic retirement toolkit, and it has a risk tolerance quiz in it. So that could be effective for you if you wanted to just double check things. The second thing that you wanna be doing now is protecting yourself against SKU. So let's just say that eight and a half years ago, your portfolio was really well balanced and you had the right ratio of stocks and bonds in there. But in the last eight and a half years, for sure the stocks have outpaced the bonds. So your percentage that you have in your portfolio of stock might be way higher than you originally intended it to be because that's what's been earning money recently. So you might have a lot of skew. And what happens is if you don't check the skew and you don't rebalance and get it back into the right percentages, then whenever that bear market does hit, you have way more money at risk that might lose for you And your losses end up being bigger than you ever anticipated. So updating your risk tolerance level and checking for SKU are the things that you can do now in order to insulate yourself against not having things set up right and to set yourself up to not make bad emotional decisions whenever we do go into another bear market. All right. Well, that's it for today. The history of the bulls and the bears and how emotions tie to that. We hope you've had a great time listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk.